seat, but remain, remain in focus. Don't just sleep over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This should be the normal Christian life. Amen. This should be our normal default setting as believers. They don't need to, to threaten you before you pray. If you're a Christian and you need someone to motivate you to pray, something is wrong. Hallelujah. Something is wrong. Particularly to pray in the spirit. Now today I'll be sharing with us, with us something concerning the life of the believer. If you're writing a topic, the life of the believer. And the essence of this is to bring us to an understanding of who we are. Hallelujah. The goal is to bring us to an understanding of who we are as Christians. Now my focus is on the believer. It was necessary that we take this time to pray. Because that is the only way by which we can manifest a supernatural in our lives on earth. Hallelujah. Now first of all, man is a spirit. Amen. Man is what? Man is a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Hallelujah. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Hallelujah. So a man, particularly the believer which is our focus of study, is first of all a spirit. Now, there's a distinction between the spirit of God and what? And the spirit of man. Hallelujah. We must be able to differentiate this. Okay? There's man as a spirit and there's God who is spirit. Hallelujah. Now, Someone will ask, where is this in the scriptures? Well, let's look at it in the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Quickly, help me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. This holy means totally. This holy means completely. And I pray... God, your whole spirit, and I pray, God, give me NKJV. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you, how? Completely. Hallelujah. May he sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, your complete spirit, soul and body be preserved what blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ which means that the man is made up of what of spirit amen soul and what and body hallelujah 
This is very important. Another scripture, Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear, this is Jesus speaking. He says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot what? Cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to. Now, be careful when you read scriptures. The Bible did not say, amen? The Bible here did not say, God will destroy the soul. Hallelujah. It only said God is able. Amen? Right. So, here, there's a distinction between the body and what? And the soul. We are trying to show in scriptures, through scriptures, where, you know, the made up of man is, first of all, a spirit. And when we saw it previously in First Thessalonians, the order, the spirit came first. Right? Now, this order is not a mistake. The order is even in essence the order of priority. Hallelujah. Man is first of all a spirit. And he has a soul, but he lives in what? In a body, in a physical body. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7. Then the dust will return to earth as it was. That is a physical body. That is what dust is, right? And the spirit will return to God who gave it. So we are putting all these scriptures together. And we we'll discover that there is a spirit compartment of man. There is a soul compartment of man. And there is a physical body. I have another scripture here. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Give me this one in good news. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 in good news. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 4. Good news translation. I don't know whether our media has good news. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. They are still looking for the good news. There's no good news. Who has good news in the congregation? Let me look for it here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive. It's very simple. It says, for the word of God is alive and what? And active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of, of the heart. Hallelujah. So the word of God has the capacity. It is living and it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division. Now there's a distinction. There's a division between the soul and what and the spirit. There's a distinction between the soul and the spirit. But, but nevertheless, the word of God has the ability to not only affect the spirit, but also affect the soul. Hallelujah. And of course, even the physical body. Amen? Now, with this understanding, I want to know that the spirit is a real man. 
Amen. The spirit is what? Is the real man is the real you. The soul serves as an interface that link the physical realm and the spiritual. So we have first of all the body, no rather we have the spirit, we have the soul in between, and what? And the physical body. So what we see right now is the physical you, the body, the physical body. But what we cannot see is what is the spirit. Because spirit is not visible. Hallelujah. So what happens when a believer is born again? With this understanding of how dynamic or the, dyna- the dynamics of man, what happens when the believer becomes born again? Now, when a man becomes born again, it is strictly a spiritual experience. Hallelujah. To be born again is not what happened physically. Amen? It is not what happened, you know, physically, but it is something that is spiritual. It's a spiritual experience. It is not in the soul. Even though sometimes when you look at it in the scriptures, sometimes the scriptures in some places we use soul referring to the spirit but it's not always the same in all applications but I want you to understand there's a distinction between the soul, the spirit and the body so being born again does not happen in the physical body being born again does not happen in the soul, it happens where? it happens in the spirit hallelujah we can see this uh, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 verse 5 John chapter 3, verse 5. 5 to 8. He says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter what? The kingdom of God. Now, this water, as we've taught here, this water simply means what? It means the spirit. Back to the verse, verse. Uh, yes. No, no, no. Says Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water, which is the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this birth is not a physical birth, but it's what? It's a spiritual birth. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is what? It's flesh. That is that which is natural is what? It's natural. And that which is born of the spirit is what? It's spirit. Verse 7. Do not marvel as I said to you. You must be born again. This born again simply means to be what? To be born from above. It means to be born from another realm. It means to be born from another civilization which is not earthly. Which is not natural. Verse 8, the last verse here. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but, I, but cannot tell where it comes from. And where it goes. So is everyone who is born of what? Is born of the spirit. Naturally it cannot be comprehended. How it happens. But something happened in the spirit. Hallelujah. So when you become born again. It's not, it's not an experience that happens. That you feel something touch you. Amen. If a salvation something touch you. That is not salvation. I'm not saying that the miraculous may not happen. Amen. We can have encounters, hallelujah, that can even influence even our physical body. But that is not what 
makes you born again. What becomes a, a believer? See, a man can have such encounters and he's not born again. Hallelujah. A man can be touched by the word of God in his soul and yet not born again. You hear what I'm saying? A man can be healed and yet not born again. Hallelujah. So, being born again is a spiritual experience. So, salvation is not about feelings. You know, sometimes we come to church and say, oh, I didn't feel this, I didn't feel that. No. It is not something that happens what? Physically. It is a spiritual experience. Come into by faith. It's not feelings or emotions or some sensations, but a reality which is by faith. Hallelujah. It's a reality which happened by faith. So let's briefly examine these three components of man. The spirit, the body, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, the spirit, when a man becomes born again, he comes into a permanent union with Christ in the spirit. Hallelujah. When you accept the gospel, this is what happened to the spirit. The old you that is existing died. Hallelujah. And then there's a rebirth of a new spirit within you by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And this spirit comes into union with God, which is permanent. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. In him you also trusted. That is when you had the the message of salvation. After you had the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also having believed. When you believed the message. What happened? You were sealed with what? With your Holy Spirit of promise. So at salvation what happens? There's a seal. There's a printing of the spirit of God. In you. Your spirit and the spirit of God comes into a permanent union. That cannot be separated. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. Pharaoh explains that experience. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 6. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, this was, the, this deadness, right, is our former reality without Christ before the coming of God in us through the Spirit. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with him, with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Hallelujah. By grace, we have been what? We have been saved, verse 6. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So as salvation, your spirit and the spirit of Christ have come into union. And you are resident together in Christ in the heavenlies. That was why we were teaching the other time. We said that you cannot lose that salvation that has been done, that is permanent, that is complete, that is eternal. Amen? This experience is eternal. This reality is an eternal reality that your spirit and the spirit of God has come together in a union that cannot be separated by anything. 
Your experiences in life cannot affect that experience. There is nothing that can happen to you in the natural. Because this is not a natural experience. Amen? This is not a natural experience. So there is no action in the physical that can influence what has permanently been done by what is in your spirit. Say, my spirit is eternally safe. My spirit, my spirit, see, if you are not born again, don't need to say this. Amen? But if you are born again, say this with the whole of your heart. Say, my spirit, my spirit is eternally saved. Hallelujah. Now, our spirit is completely mature and perfect in Christ. Somebody will say, really? You mean I'm perfect? Yes. By grace, he has made you perfect. Your spirit man is what? Is complete. Your spirit cannot grow. Amen? What happened? Your spirit cannot what? Your spirit cannot grow. Is completely matured as salvation. The moment you believe Christ comes into you, you are matured completely. You are perfect completely. And somebody will be asking, okay, what about spiritual growth? We'll come to that later. Hallelujah. Our spirit is completely mature and perfect in Christ. The spirit cannot be improved upon. What Christ has done on you or in you, rather, in you cannot be improved upon. Cannot be renovated. Amen? Cannot be renovated. Cannot be improved. Cannot be... I'm looking for another word. Cannot be modernized. Cannot be upgraded. Hallelujah. It's permanent. It's fixed. It's complete. It's perfect eternally. Nothing can change it. It can neither be upgraded or be degraded. Can somebody say amen to that? What God has done in you cannot be improved or be degraded. So your spirit is eternally safe. Your spirit is eternally perfect. First John chapter 4 verse 17 explains this. Your spirit, your spirit as a believer is exactly Christ. Hallelujah. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, who is a he? As he is, right? So are we where in this world? exactly the way he is in the spirit, complete, unique, special, set apart, so are we completely. Hallelujah. Say, I am perfect. I'm righteous. I'm holy. Hallelujah. That is the reality of the believer. And this truth must constantly ring in our hearts because this understanding will influence our conduct in the flesh. This understanding will transform our worship. This understanding will transform our love work. To influence the way we live. In the spirit is where true worship happens. 
Hallelujah. In the spirit is where what? It's where true worship. Now, there's a false worship. True worship simply means there's a worship that is not accurate. But in the spirit, the realm of the spirit is where truly we can worship. Anything done outside that realm is not worship. Hallelujah. So as we come into this place, if you've not moved into that, if, if you are not born again, first of all, you can't worship God truly. And the worship of God is not external. Amen? It flows from where? From within the spirit to outside out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 4 verse 23. Jesus, here is speaking about the temple. The, the, the woman at the well. It says, but the hour is coming. And now is. When true worshippers will worship the father in what? In what? In what? In spirit, which is truth. Which is true worship. For the father seek, is seeking such to do what? To worship him. So the worship that is true is a worship that is done by the spirit of man. Hallelujah. By the spirit. 24. God is spirit and what? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and what? And in truth. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. Philippians chapter 3 verse 3. Talks about the circumcision. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Circumcision here means the cutting off of the flesh. Simply means that there is a separation between the flesh and the spirit. It happened as salvation. That man is no longer under the flesh. There is a separation that has happened in man. We are the circumcision who worship God where? In the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in what? In the flesh. We've been cut off from the flesh. By what Christ has done. Hallelujah. Now in our spirit is a realm in which the gifts and the supernatural abilities are deposited. Time may not permit me to go detail into this. But in a spirit realm, it's where the giftings of the spirit are deposited. So if the believer who manifests the giftings of the spirit, he must draw from that realm. Hallelujah. That is why oftentimes we pray in tongues. Amen. We pray in tongues that we may access that which is in us. Hallelujah. It's not anywhere, but it's in us. Amen. It is in our residence. It is at where we are with Christ. Hallelujah. What about the soul? The soul comprises the will of man. The emotions, the personalities, the mind, the perception, the intellect, the memory, the desire. Man, you love in soul. Right? You fall in love to a lady. Hmm? It's not your... Somebody say, ah, she has stolen my heart away. Obviously, we know that the heart in biology only pumps blood. Physical heart. If I'm wrong, medical people. There's no response. When you, when you did biology, basic biology, they don't say the heart, the function of the heart is for falling in love. 
right? It's for what? The four chambers, they are for what? Is it still for or they've changed? It's still for, right? Okay. Because some of my biology will not be outdated. It's for pumping blood. That is physical. Right? But where the will of man is, where man expresses emotions, where man can be depressed, hmm, is where? It's in the soul. The intellect part of man is where? It's in the soul. What you do in school is that you, you are educating the world with a kind of knowledge. Hallelujah. 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 I taught you depression, right? Hmm? You, de- you get depressed in where? In the soul. There's an argument that a believer cannot be depressed. Hallelujah. A believer should not be depressed. Amen? If you are a believer, you should not be depressed. But you can be depressed if you are functioning by the flesh. Hallelujah. If you are a believer, to be depressed is a choice. Clearly, it's a what? It's a choice. Hallelujah. You have a choice to live by the spirit or you live by the flesh. If you live by the flesh, you will see depression. Hallelujah. But if you live in the spirit, what will happen? You'll be joyous. Hallelujah. You'll be full of joy. Hallelujah. So depression is actually self-inflicted. If unbelievers are feeling depressed, a child of God should not be depressed. Should not. See, right? Should not in capital. Should not be depressed. But you can be when your focus is in the wrong direction. We'll come to that later. Hallelujah. So this part of man cannot be born again. Eh? Your soul cannot be born again. You don't get born again there. This part of man cannot be born again, but only transformed. It can only be transformed. It cannot be born again. Your mind cannot be born again. If you are born again today, right, doesn't mean that bad thoughts have left your mind. No. If you are born again today, if, there's, if you used to live carelessly before, all the desires that you used to have, it only takes miracles. Some people have these special experiences. Glory be to God. That the moment they become born again, there's a supernatural activity that happens in them. And there is a cut off completely to everything that has to do with immorality. Praise and glory be to God. But listen, you are born again, there's a, there's a capacity in you to be angry. When I mean angry, I mean angry in a negative way. Hallelujah. There's a capacity in you to lust, even if you are born again. But should you lust? No. Why do we lust? Because we are operating by what? By the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, this part of man cannot be born again, but can only be transformed. Romans 12 verse 2 give us that explanation. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed, which means that what? That a soul can be conformed. In fact, the soul is already conformed to a pattern. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind is a soul. The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Hallelujah. So by the renewal of the mind of the man, you come to the understanding of the things of the spirit. Amen. So your mind is not born again. So don't be surprised if you are having those, you know, funny thoughts in your heart. It's because that part of you does not receive Jesus. Amen. The solution for that part of you is what? Is the word of God. That is have the ability to do what? To, to wash it. To make it renew. To make it aligned to the new nature. To your nature which is a spirit. Hallelujah. Now this part of us must be trained in the knowledge of Christ. Because previously there is an orientation and a civilization that governed that part of us. There was a man in us that was existing in us that has a civilization, but right now there's a new man in the inside, which is the spirit of God. So therefore, the soul needs a transformation, a training in the knowledge of he who lives in the inside. Because it is he who lives in the inside that has the capacity to influence who is outside and then the conduct of you in the outside is seen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the mind or the soul must be trained in the knowledge of who? Of Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 16. Proper scripture here. If you cannot memorize this scripture, I don't know what you've been doing here. Second Timothy 3 16 rather. All scripture, right? All scripture is what? Is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by what? By inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, teaching, for reproof of the soul, for correction, for instruction in what? In righteousness. So this is the curriculum that changes the mind, that changes the soul, that changes that part of us that is emotional, that feel pain, that feel angry. That is why we have the scriptures. 17. That the man of God may be complete. Which means that when you are born again, you are completely safe in the spirit. Hallelujah. But physically, there is an ongoing work that happens. And that comes to completion by what? By the word. Thoroughly equipped for what? For every good work that will happen in your life. And that is done by what? By the scriptures. Hallelujah. It's by the scriptures. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. I think we pray the scriptures. It's one of the prayers of Paul. Colossians 1 verse 9 to 14. It says, for this reason we also, since the day we had it, do not cease to pray for you. And ask that you may be filled with what? With the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and what? Physical understanding, physiology, amen, physics, give me that verse, you're not done yet, spiritual understanding, spiritual understanding, understanding of, of what happened in the spirit realm, that is what he's saying. An understanding of the spirit man, the activity that has been completed in the spirit realm. All that is in the spirit realm. We will see the effect of this. Next verse. 
That you may what? Now, this work is what? It's physically. Now, the orientation of your work must come from the spirit. Hallelujah. That you may walk worthy. There is a worthy way of walking. Which means that there is an unworthy way of walking. Amen. There is an unworthy way of living. And unfortunately some believers. Some of us are living unworthily. Even though we are born again. Because we are not transforming our minds. We have not been aligned to what has happened. To, we have not been, been acquainted with the custom of the civilization of where we are in the spirit. Now it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully what? Pleasing him. Being what? Fruitful. That is every good work. Fruitful in every good work. And what? And increasing in the knowledge of who? Of the person that is inside you. Verse 11. Strengthen with all might. According to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. 13. He has delivered us. Hallelujah. This is what he did. He has delivered us. Our deliverance service has happened once and for all. Say amen. Amen. Our deliverance has been completed. He has delivered us. Not that he will deliver us. Say he has delivered us. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. That is the reality of the believer. You know why you don't experience this? Because you are not tapping into your real nature. You are not working by your real nature. So you have been delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. He has translated us. He has transported us into the kingdom of his son. Of the son of his love. Verse 14, the last verse here. In whom we have what? Redemption. Through his blood. The forgiveness of our sins. We've been forgiven eternally. Hallelujah. Now, it is a transformation of the soul by the spirit. Listen, by the spirit. Carefully, by the spirit. It is a transformation of the soul by the spirit that we call spiritual growth. Hallelujah. So when you ask you, are you growing spiritually? Yes, I'm going spiritually. It's not that your spirit was like this. Then after five years, your spirit grew like this. No. What has happened to you? It's only the knowledge of what has happened to you the day you became born again. Hallelujah. And when we say, pray that you be baptized in the Holy Ghost, there is no any Holy Ghost that comes from nowhere again. We are only praying and saying that what we bring into manifestation of the deposit of the Spirit of God that is inside you. Hallelujah. So, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yes, when? At salvation. So when we pray in tongues, what we do is that we give expression to the spirit that is inside us. Hallelujah. So the overcoming life is a life that is dependent on that realm. That is a spirit realm. Hallelujah. Now, the soulish realm is where the fruit of the spirit is cultivated. I use the word cultivated deliberately. This is where the fruit of the spirit is what? Is cultivated. 
What is the fruit of the Spirit? It's what? There's one fruit, right? It's love. The Spirit is what? The fruit of the Spirit. There are no many fruits of the Spirit. It's only one fruit of the Spirit. But it expresses itself in what? In kindness, in long-suffering, in what? Joy, in what? Patience, in what? Hallelujah. So, when we are acquainted to who we are in the Spirit, we begin to see the manifestation in our soul. Thereby, we see us acting it out in the physical. Hallelujah. What about the body? The physical body. This is what we interact with in the physical world. Now, what we see physically is our body. Now, we've journeyed from the spirit to our soul to our physical body. Now, there's a reason why I have to take us through this journey. It's so that we'll understand how to live. It's to the end that we'll know how to live our lives in this world. It's to the end that we'll live supernatural life. It's to the end that we'll live victorious life in this world. This is what we use to interact with the physical world. This is where we have the physical sense of smell, of touch, and taste. Hallelujah. This is the physical realm. Now, the body does not change when you are born again. Hallelujah. The body does not change when you are born again. When you are short, if you got born again, your, 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 your heart will not increase. Amen? When you occupy space, when you become born again, you will not reduce in size. Because it's not a physical experience. Hallelujah. But if you are sick, hmm, what happened to the spirit can influence your soul and can influence even your physical body. Somebody say hallelujah. So the body does not change when we are born again, but can only be offered to God as a tool. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 talks about this. We read verse 2 earlier on now. Let's read verse 1. Let's read verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Which is your reasonable service. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. Give me this in NLT if you have it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. Talking about the body. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. For God bought you with a high price. So you must what? You must honor God with your what? With your body. So this body will be done away with when we die. Amen? This physical body will be done away with when we die. Say amen. It's a deliverance for us. Since this body cannot be born again. Hallelujah. Since this body has been corrupted. Since this body has weaknesses. Since this body is not all-knowing. This body, nature affects this physical body. At the falling of man. So this body being buried in the soil and decay is a deliverance for us. Thank God that we will not live eternally with this body. Hallelujah. We will be given new and transformed bodies at the coming of Jesus Christ. 
Let's look at it. First Corinthians 15, verse 50. First Corinthians 15, 50. First Corinthians 15, verse 50. It says, what I'm saying there, brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This dying body is a dying body. It will die one day. It will die one day. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. So eternal life is forever. What happened in the spirit is forever. So this physical body, that is why, let me tell you, your body doesn't care about your eternal life. You heard me say this before here, right? Your body does not care about eternal eternity. So if I will not be there, Kukuma, let's spoil it. If you understand what I said. Since I will not be there eternal, I don't care about it. Your body does not care about what happened in your spirit. Are we together? So, don't allow your body to frustrate what God has done inside you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what lasts forever. Verse 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. It's a secret that has been revealed. Hallelujah. We will not all die. Meaning that Jesus can return and some people will still be alive physically. Amen? This is what it means. Don't use this one for prayer. He's explaining it clearly. Hallelujah. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be what? So whether you die or you are alive, when Jesus returns, there's one thing that is certain to the believer, that there will be a transformation of your body. Hallelujah. Verse 52. It will happen in a moment. This is what they call rapture. In a blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to life, to live rather, forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. 53, the last verse here. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Hallelujah. So it means that we will be given bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. That same body that Jesus resurrected with. Amen. That cannot be sick. That is not, is not contained by the natural phenomenon around. That is the kind of body that we will, we will receive. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3 verse 2. Father buttresses this point. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown to us what we will be like when Christ appears. First of all, we read earlier on a scripture that says that as he is, so what we what? So we are what? So are we here. But this one is not a contradiction to that one. That one talks about our identity. Right? Now, this one is talking about what will happen to our physical body. It says, but he has not yet shown to us what we will be like. When Christ appears. But we do know this for a fact, certainly. That we will be like him. We will be like Christ. For we will see him as really, as what? As he is. As he is. 
we will see him really as he is with a physical body that he has. Hallelujah. So how and from where is a Christian life lived? Remember, all this foundation is to bring us to a point where we understand the Christian life, how the Christian should live. So the question I ask here, I says, how and from where is the Christian life lived? Hallelujah. Now the Christian life is lived from the heavenly realm. Amen? From where? From the heavenly realm. So if you are living your hand on the earth realm, you're not living it as is expected. From above, because that's where you are born again. From heaven. Colossians of the 3 verse 1 to 4. Quickly. Colossians of the 3 verse 1 to 4. So where should a believer live? From where? Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Since you've been born again. You've been brought into union. Set your sight on the realities of where? Of heaven. So our mind. Right? Must be on what? The realities of heaven where Christ is in the place of honor at God's right hand and that is where we are hallelujah that is where we are right now amen that is the address of the believer right now verse 2 think about the things of where of the earth of where of heaven because if you are thinking about the things on the earth you will live like an earthly person that is why you don't even know how you just do things that surprises you even, even as a believer. It's because your mind is fixed on the things that are earthly. You're not focusing on where. On where you are in Christ, in the heavenly. Not the things of the earth. Verse 3. For you what? What happened to you? Say, I died. When did you die? Eh? I'm, not, I'm hearing some people call where did when, when did you die? Who is dead? If you are dead, raise up your hand. Do you know what we mean here? Pastor Victor, there's a work to do. At salvation, I said earlier on, that something happened and there's a new birth. So the old you died, the one that, 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 that is rebellious to God, the one that can never please God, he died. Amen? So there's a new man that lives in the inside of you. It's not a renovation of the old man. It's not a transfiguration of the old man. It's not a modernization of the old man. It's not a conjecture and improvement of the old man. That old man died. Hallelujah. That old man that pleasures in immorality died. You died to this life. And your real life, say my real life. Say, this is not my real life, oh. My real life is where? Is what? Is hidden. Do you know why it's hidden? Do you know why it's hidden? So that nothing can touch it. Amen? Where moths and termites, where inflation and corruption, where financial crisis and Russian war and Ukraine, and 
change in culture, trajectory of world politics will not affect it. That is why it's hidden. Where is it hidden? Can somebody see the location? Where is it hidden? In Christ. Right? In who? In God. So can you lose it? Can you lose that life? Why? Because he who has it has the capacity to keep it. He didn't contract your pastors to keep your eternal life. Amen? If it's me, I may be tempted to sell it. <laughs> Hallelujah. For a token. So the contract of your eternal life is not given to your pastor to keep. I can't keep it. So God himself is responsible for what? Ensuring that you are eternally secured and safe. So therefore, nothing shall separate you from God. Hallelujah. Verse 4. What does verse 4 says? And when Christ, who is your life, Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. We are looking at where the believer should live from. Very carefully. From which realm should the believer live from? Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. So how many of us have the spirit of God living in us? The believer. If you are born again. Right? And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them. Do not what? They do not belong to God. If you are not born again, you are on your own. You don't belong to God. And how can you belong to God? Is to believe in Jesus Christ that he is the one that has come to die for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That you will enjoy this benefit, this life that is eternal, that you will never be condemned before God. Hallelujah. So verse 10, quickly. Verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die, Eh? Which body are we talking about here? The physical body. Even though your physical body will die. Because of what? Because of sin. Now, this sin is not because... If you steal, they can shoot you, you will die. True, true, you will die. You know that, right? So, but even though our physical body will die because of what has already happened, has been orchestrated long before. The consequences, long before. Because of sin, our physical body will die because it's corrupted. The spirit gives you life. What does the spirit gives you? When? Now. Hallelujah. The spirit gives you life because you have been made what? Right with God. You have been made right with God. So the spirit gives you life. Hallelujah. Verse 11. The spirit of God who what? Now listen to this carefully. Let me, let me show you this clearly. The spirit of God. Who what? Who raised Jesus from the dead? Lives in you. Jesus did not raise from the dead by himself. Amen? God raised him up from the dead by the spirit. So the spirit that can make a man that died come back to life, he lives in you. Amen? 
the completeness of God has come into union with you. And this union is eternal. And from this union, you can now live on earth. Amen? The life you have received is a limitless life. The life you've received is, is a life that cannot be deterred by any obstacle in this realm. That is why our mind must be transformed according to that culture, according to that civilization that has happened in our spirit. The spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you, he will give life to your word, to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. So, the believer can receive strength from the inside to live in the physical life above the flesh, above sin, above every works of the kingdom of darkness, above the world system. Verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers, amen, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So what your mind and your physical body is urging you to do, you don't need to do it because there's a power in you that has the capacity to help to live above it. But you know why we find ourselves falling to sin daily and weekly and yearly? It's because our focus is not on that man that is inside. We don't give into constant exercise and, you know, allowing the man that is inside to civilize our present life. So we are living, although we are born again, we are living like we are dead men. Hallelujah. So we should no longer live by the impulses of what? Of the flesh. That is, that, that is catastrophic. The Christian life is lived from faith to faith. From faith to faith. That is, we come to, into this life by faith. And we live it by what? By faith. So it's not something you live by sight. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 to 14. I see a lot of people looking at me. As if I'm chanting. You're not writing. As if I'm, I'm a comedian. It shows the level of seriousness you give to the spiritual things. This thing we are seeing here is life. It's greater than what you'll be taught in the classroom. Hallelujah. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Did I read it right? Are under his curse. For the scriptures say, curse is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So if you want to obey, if you are living by law, you know, I'm, I, don't, I did not steal. I did not fornicate. I did not steal anybody's property. You know, I'm, my life is okay. I've obeyed all the Ten Commandments. Really? Did you really obey all the Ten Commandments? Eh? Ten. There are more than that, but let's say the ten. Count all of them. First one. What's the first one? Eh? Do not what? Is that the first one? Do not call the name of Jesus. You've already broken that one. If that is by the law. 
Oh my God. So on the first one, let me show you. Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all, not some, but all the commandments, commands that are written in the book of the law. There are more than 10, no? but I just said the 10. Let's just examine the 10. And we, the first one, we've already failed. Verse 11, quickly, please. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. Amen. So it is by faith that we are justified. 11. Yes, verse 11. This way of faith, this way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is true obeying the law that a person has life. Verse 13. But Christ has rescued us from the cross pronounced by the law. Because you know what? We can't keep the law. It's external. We can't do external things to be right with God. So Christ has what? He has rescued us by the law. When, we, when he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the cross of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cause is everyone who is what? Who is hung on the tree, verse 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. With the same blessings he, prom he promised to Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So the promise that we receive, the Holy Spirit that lives in, inside of us, is by faith. And how we can manifest the Holy Spirit in our daily life is also by faith. Hallelujah. So you are not born again by obeying the Ten Commandments. You are born again by believing in Jesus Christ. And how will you live out the Christ-like life is by continuing in believing in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. Hallelujah. The Christian life is a continuous response. Listen to this carefully. It's a continuous response. Pastor Emmanuel, this way my... Oh. <laughs> Am I right? Okay, he did like this. Don't tempt me. The Christian life is a continuous response to what? To the leading of the Spirit of God within you. Amen? So, how do you live the Christian life? You keep responding to who? To the Holy Spirit that is within you. You keep responding to the Holy Spirit that is within you. Galatians chapter 6, right? Galatians chapter 5, right? Verse 16. Quickly. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Give me this in, in Amplified. Because the word guide seems very, very common. But I say, walk, right? And live habitually in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to create a habit? It means that constantly is what you do. Constantly. You walk and you live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Responsive to and controlled and guided by who? By the Spirit that lives inside you then you will certainly not 
as a matter of fact, you cannot gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. Now the flesh here is referring to your physical body and your soul combined together as flesh. You will not gratify the lust that is external of the spirit. Because anything sponsored outside the spirit is lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. But when you allow the spirit of God controls you, you allow, you respond to the spirit of God, you will not gratify the cravings of the flesh. You will not certainly gratify the cravings of the flesh. Verse 17. Okay, verse 16. Quickly, verse 16. I didn't finish. Certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. Of what? Of human nature without God. Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh. Now, this is not saying that there's a fight happening. This is just trying to show to us a distinction of a way of life. Amen? Don't say, oh, you know, I want to do this, but I found myself doing this, so I don't have... No, 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 no. That's not what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other. Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. So that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Verse 18. But if you are guided. Hallelujah. If you are led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because the life of the Spirit is what gives us victory. Next week we are going to go deeper and see how to express this life. And we will see why some of us are living the way we are living. Because what is controlling our life is not the spirit. It's a civilization that comes from Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. Ah, that TikTok is... I believe. See, caught me anyway. It will be difficult to win a soul on TikTok. You watch TikTok for three hours. You pray for five minutes and you say amen. And you wonder why your life is unstable. And you wonder why you are full of lust. And you wonder why little thing you lie. You lie even without knowing that you've lied. Lying is your resting place. You are so talented in lying that even you, the lies you speak surprises you. And you say, oh Lord, help me. Help my life. Help me. But what controls how you fit on? Listen. Please. Oh Lord. Don't miss next week. I promise you. I just laid foundation. Amen. Before Pastor Yuma will suspend me. But let's stop it. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. Who is blessed?